Yeah. Um, huge shout out to my boy Harrison in uh, Houston, Texas for sharing that uh, Brazzers login. It's been much appreciated mm. um, during these dark times. It's really brightened my day. So Couldn't cough up the uh, $3.99 a month or whatever the it's hell expensive. it is. It's expensive. It's like 30 bucks a month. Is it? Yeah, I ain't got money like that. <laughs> That's hilarious. I ain't paid like that. Come on now. Dude, but what do you get out of that? You get all the other... Uh, isn't porn endless on the internet? What the fuck do you need? It's, uh, it's 4K, man. 4K. Yeah, I don't give a you fuck. Sh- you I'm a video on? guy. Come on. You just as a... Son. I personally... Uh, I want to be honest. Personally, kind of like, like the raw vibe. Like, what do you, uh, you mean like the bad quality? Yeah, I just feel like I don't know. It's I like both ends of the spectrum. Anything between is I've, just a waste I've like of time. Hooked, well, you know, hooked up some porn stars or like even just I don't even know if I. Yeah, yeah, a few, and then just talking with a few of them too. They're just like saying how it's like it's actually not that much of a vibe because like there's so much stopping and going and oh the filming of it. Blue yeah, could probably speak to this the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stopping going. But um we'll we're weighing on this. I, <laughs> we can keep Ross record. I was about to weigh in. Yeah, I just porn's porn. It is what it is. Um yeah. I was about to say, no, it's popping right now in these these tough times that we're in. What? The only fans, every oh, girl no, girls that would never do it are doing it right now. It's dark times. But like they don't some of them don't even it's just like them in like lingerie just chilling. Yeah, I mean that's a happy medium. They're some not doing we, porn. Some of them making a lot of money off this, but only only fans like people are people are uh, the audience of porn is is gearing more towards the amateur stuff anyways because I think people are just, people are just liking the more authentic yeah it's, more, it's like kind it's of the notion I was just talking about the raw vibe yeah like um the, it's an over a classic oversaturation thing because there's so much accessible porn so then what's the next level. Ooh, I know this girl. Like she's a real girl. Like sometimes she like if I write to her in the chat, she'll respond to me. And like mm-hmm. you know, for for guy, I don't know. I guess guys fucking rock it's with like that shit heavy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then like you know, instead of whacking it to a complete stranger, you feel like you can bond. You can uh, create a little bond. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I, it's Alexa. I know Alexa. There's some creep stuff. Yeah, I mean, well, here, here's the difference. Would you rather whack it to like some hot chick you never n- know nothing about, never seen before in your life, or would you rather whack it to a picture of a chick that you've actually like come like had a conversation with? You yeah, I'd I mean? rather. I think it's better to know who they are. Yeah, exactly. A little, or at least some kind of even not even knowing. You could just follow her on Instagram or something. You know what I mean? Like right. But I just yeah, I'm coming from a. I'm not a huge like. I'm not in that game really. But mm-hmm. I get it. The notion of it, I agree with. Like, I gotta I, give it up for the high production quality, though. Yeah, I gotta. I got, I that doesn't get my rocks. Gotta off at all. give it up. Gotta give it up for you that. You do the virtual reality shit. Oh yeah, the VR stuff is a whole different thing. I'm not even. I haven't even fully. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't you gotta immerse yourself in that. I haven't fully immersed back. yet. I haven't. I mean, if I, I can't even afford the twenty nine ninety nine a month. I for the <laughs> for the browsers, I'm not gonna about to spend eight hundred bucks so I can watch four K virtual reality. <laughs> I, it's. I know it's a lot of stuff. Yeah, man. For porn, like money or not. It's not not that's not what uh it's not what does it for me. If I had a billion dollars, I wouldn't pay their house. <laughs> me either. <laughs> me either, bro. I really wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyways, um, I'm drinking li- my first God's water in a long time here. A little beer on ice. A little beer on ice. Yeah, it's fucking refreshing. Still trying man. to make it a thing. <laughs> not even. Not even. It is a thing for me personally, but 
when you drink a ton of beer, I'm not drinking a lot of beer right now. I mean, I was last week, a few weeks ago for the for the Bellina. This but, is my first beer since the Bellina Cup, I think. Yeah, me too. I'm not like, you know. I never had a God's Water. Yeah, it's so good. This isn't beer. I'm uh, I'm I'm easily drinking more. That's so good. I'm drinking more now that I can't go out anymore. I'm drinking more now than I used to. Do you I think, think I think most of the world is uh, in the same shoes. Yeah, you're super I'm, casual. You're, you're not. Though. You're not a casual drink, Mike. You're not a casual drinker. Never been, man. I'm fucking. I'm at the point where like I can just easily put down a bottle of wine before I go to bed. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm a, I'm a weed does it for me. So you know, I don't really go a day without smoking. So. True. <clears throat> um, it's not like I'm like this sober guy. You know, mm-hmm. I get baked and just catch a wave and go make music and I could really do any of the sort. I could do the typical high shit where you want to watch something cool, but literally every day around like this time around as the afternoon comes to an end, that's when I start smoking. And I usually just head to the studio, you know, but for me, uh, drinking has never been that. If I drink, I'm drinking. I'm really drinking. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have at least 10 drinks. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm at that level too, but not to that extent. Yeah. Like I drink to get drunk, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, but you, uh, yeah, we, me and Blue were just talking about on a walk. I'm not a huge, like, I think it's, it might be a tolerance thing, but I'm not, man, I don't get really, like, any vibe off a few drinks. I don't. Well, no, I mean, a bottle of wine is more than a few drinks. Like, they, like most people get pretty loaded on a bottle of wine. Yeah, you know? I don't drink wine, so yeah. maybe, maybe that's different. The wine drunk is its own thing. It's Blue, great. Blue you, you agree, I love right? It. I love it. It's, di- it's different than any other drunk, right? Yeah, it's like... Happy and chill and like laid back. Yeah, you can watch a movie and you I don't get feel it. like an asshole. It's a very euphoric drunk for me. I get it. Yeah, I like it. I feel like if you were drinking like vodka every night to wind down, that's a little aggressive. That's, that's a little if much. No one drinks vodka to wind down. <laughs> you never know. I it's, mean, that's an alcohol. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, wine, but wine is like you don't feel. You're like, yeah. Right, Just gonna wax sauce. off this bottle of Tito's. <laughs> <laughs> while, I, while I watch fucking Love is Hon, Blind. I've had, a, I've had a long day. Can you fix me a uh, Red Bull and vodka, please? I mean, Thank is, you. <laughs> Love is Blind almost calls for a glass of fucking vodka straight up. For real. Insane. Love is Blind. Someone just, uh, uh, Alex Bush, who works on our po- Bush, who works on our podcast, he uh, recommended another show. He said it's even more ridiculous than Love is Blind. It's called Too Hot to Handle. I saw that on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet. I think I can only do one of those every every <laughs> I think calendar the sh- year. The show might actually be too hot to handle for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the main thing that's on now, everyone's talking about the uh, most watched thing ever on ESPN, most watched documentary on ESPN, uh, The Last Dance. One would uh, compare it to the Funnel Mike Stud Tour. Yeah. But <laughs> even though that was not our last dance... <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> it could have been, but you gotta it, like it wasn't. Can't believe we came out of there. No one came out of dad on that tour, <laughs> or or in, uh, seriously in rehab. Remember we used to joke about blue going to rehab, but it was just like part of the off season. Yeah, yeah. it's not. It's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's not funny. Yeah, like we we really uh, fuck man. We've been lucky. We've been very lucky and blessed to uh, be able to navigate these very dark, murky waters that we swim in. But and the big bummer is that we we're probably geared up for another tour and we're not gonna be able to do it till next year, right? Yeah. That's, it's okay though. It's okay. Not that we're in a rush, but I mean it's a bummer. Yeah. To be um, off the road for over two years. Is like a people are chirping us about like, put the fucking songs out. <laughs> like one, this kind of there's just this quarantine things like kind of put everyone in like, uh, what are we, you know, like how is business supposed to proceed? 
we're just in a very tricky situation. Well, not even tricky. It's just layers because the name change mm-hmm. like is actually happening right now officially. Yep. And like when you talk about Spotify and Apple and those things, like we have our whole Mike Stud catalog. Like where does that live? We have all you know. We built up a big listenership on these platforms, right? Mm-hmm. But then changing the mic and like you know, like there's just layers to it. And then also like for the first time. We just upload from the house and go on with our day normally. But like now, you know, we're going to do it properly and like where you can get songs on like bigger playlists and these types of things. So it's a process. We're starting. Um, but also to your point, like because of quarantine, it sounds like real touring won't start up until next year. Yeah. yeah. Like literally 2021. So we're going to keep that in our mind now going forward with the releases. But as Mike starts, like as soon as this comes out, then we'll start dropping songs fairly yeah. um, close. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to wait another four months. We're going to get going, but we're going to arc, we're going to arc it to where, Hey, we can, we can do this tour here. And I feel like people are consuming everything differently now because mm-hmm. everyone's on different schedules, especially with, I mean, podcast is one thing we were talking about it. It used to, it was probably part of a lot of people's routine uh, going to work during their commutes, during their exercises at the gym. Now it's all different. And I, I wonder if music's kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure concern- I haven't checked any. I'm just going off of, off an of educated guess, but I would imagine consumption's definitely on the rise. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's a great time to drop music for I think sure. It's almost the best time possible for this whole thing, this whole transition. It really is. Because we would probably, I feel like a lot of our uh, tours got rushed and shit. Like, Always. we dropped the album, just we go on tour that. right away. So this time it's like, mm-hmm. couldn't be any. You're spot on. It's going to be I think, uh, thought out. In your own little universe, this leans into what I was, I tweeted this and posted on my Instagram story. That's how you know I really wanted to get the message across. If I <clears> screenshot a tweet and I put it on my Instagram uh, story. Oh, yeah. Um, That's how you know you mean business. But yeah, just like, for whatever Everyone has their own like universe and, and their and their space and, and if you could try to just find a way to make this make sense to your to your universe, you know, mm-hmm. like try to look for the reasons why it would be a good thing. Go look into your life and your path and you know for other people, I'm sure it's a lot harder. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm coming from a privileged place again when I say something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you can just get yourself to like do that, that's that's pretty cool, you know, and like I've already found a lot of bright sides of this quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, I get that the, there's a lot of people really suffering because of it. Not all, not all terrible. And I would never trade. You know what I mean? I'm just saying I'm finding the bright side in it. And I think if, if everyone can try to, you know, like if you look for it, think about it. If you go out looking for something, like if you're looking like, what's the way we articulated this? When you're looking, if you're looking for something, Mm-hmm. There's a you're gonna end up finding that because your your attention is to that. That's what you're going. If you're going out of your day and just blanket enjoying it, right? Whatever, yeah. doing whatever. If if you have a point of focus and you're clearly looking for something, I wish I could articulate this better. But if you're clearly looking for something, it's gonna come. You're gonna see it. If you're looking for a guy cigarettes, you're gonna start seeing cigarettes around people smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things. It's not even like a universe thing. It's just kind of like truth, you know, um, a universal truth almost. But like. If you're looking for the bright side in things, that's what you're gonna you're gonna you're much better chance of seeing the bright side. Yep. You know? Much better chance of maybe finding a bright side that you didn't really know existed. But if you're looking for like 
you know, the opposite, like, oh, look, uh, this is terrible. And then going looking on Twitter and like retweeting people saying how bad it is and retweeting. Yeah, I like, I, I, like it's bugged me that people keep messaging or tweeting that like 2020 is like a wash. Like, oh, like 2020 sucks. 2020 is a wash. And yeah. I, I recently posted like, you know, if you're not seeing this year as an opportunity, then you're fucking up. Dude, this is the tweet. Uh, this is the tweet. 2020 been in shambles from our perspective. Maybe the world, universe, planet needed this way more than we needed our lifestyle to continue. Without, without a health, healthy atmosphere to live in, we'll be in quarantine forever or much worse. Yes, for the, from an Earth standpoint, yes, it's, it's very beneficial. No, but I'm tying I'm, it into the concept, though. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm talking about like personally, like yeah, yeah, within yeah. oneself. Like people are just being like, oh, this year's like a wash. Totally. This year's ruined. Um, and then I, I remember I, I wrote something about this year being more of an opportunity than a wash. Mm-hmm. And then someone commented back and they were like yeah like maybe from a business standpoint and i was like no not just business actually from even more so on a personal personal growth standpoint because you i mean you talked about this where you know you might not have had time to focus on your own personal growth because you were working so much you're tied up in your daily routine and your habits now your daily routine's gone it's a blank slate you can like think of all the things you can do for your own personal growth like find like finding different passions, yep. reading books, learning, exercising every day, like mm-hmm. going on walks. Dude, you, could, you, you couldn't do that before. You can make the argument. I think if we asked everyone here and said, "Hey, hey, do you think the majority of people in the world, if they could, would want to would want to try some new things and and uh, maybe you know go down see if they can explore some different paths?" <clears throat> what do you think? The majority of people would take that chance. Yes. Now's yeah. Everybody, like the majority of people, f- right before this quarantine happened, were complaining, or or at least they. I'm not even saying they were complaining, just internally, like, you know, hey man, I, maybe I'd, I'd wish, well, wish I could kind of be 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 at least down a different path. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of people that are, aren't in love with their path and like where they are. Yep. So if you were to say, hey man. I'm going to give you the next six months. What if you you didn't know it was a quarantine and there wasn't sickness involved, right? Because mm-hmm. there's obviously a lot of terrible shit coming from it as well. Yep. But if you said, hey, I'm going to give you the next six months off of, of, uh, of work, you're going to have a chance to do whatever you want. You know, yes, there's a caveat. You won't really be able to go outside and like see a bunch of people for a while. I think a lot of people would take it. Mm-hmm. Think a lot of people would take it, yep. but and in, so instead, in the same exact experience, look at that side of it. Looking at the bright side of the situation, mm-hmm. you probably would have. A lot of people aren't in love with their exact situation, so you probably would have said, "Fuck, I'll take six months off work." Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah, granted, there's no, there's other layers to that, and people could chirp, say, "Yeah, what about the money? Like, I need the money, and they're not getting their pay from their job." Right. But just fuck all the negative sides of it. And just focus on what you can focus on. And maybe that, you know, if you believe there's going to be a positive that comes out of it, you will. It's just like, I really am passionate about that. I feel like there's just so many negative people. Yeah. Because like. Fuck. I just had, think I, about like what you were saying earlier. When you were saying like people, what you look for. Right. I feel like you can compare it to like when you get in your car and you drive. If you're like, oh my God, the horse should drive everywhere. You're going to see everyone fucking driving like horse shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, those are the ones you're going to look. Until, you know, and, and then you're gonna see way more of it. You're gonna see it, like exactly traffic. Everyone's pissed off. Or if you look at the bright side, like it's so nice out. You know what I mean? Right. Or the song on the radio. I don't know. I totally agree. A post that inspired me, um, 
It, it talks about all of the startups that started uh, during the last recession of 2008 to 2010, which is the last economic um, recession. It was Uber, Airbnb, Pinterest, WhatsApp, Square, and Venmo were all invented and started up. During wow. The, during, Can you repeat during that? Uber, Airbnb, Pinterest. Are you kidding? WhatsApp, Square, and Venmo. It says some of the most iconic companies Thank you, of the next decade will, it will, will undoubtedly be launched during, during this crisis. Dude, that's wow. Fun. So think of like the way I think about so it cool. is like people took, people saw that recession as a, uh, as an opportunity to, you know, to adjust and, and to create and to invent. And look, look, not everybody across society, there are definitely people coming from privileged spaces where the guys who started that at least had some money to play with. They, their creativity was not bogged down by the stresses of like, how am I going to get food next week? Yeah. This isn't an even playing field. Think you how hard I mean? it is to start a company in, a, in an economic recession. It's so hard. It's hard. And there's, but look. That's why society is beautiful the way it is because it's an ecosystem. Like, just like you need the rain to like, for, for the air to be, you know what I mean? Like you need, you need all the players in the ecosystem to do their job. So the people from a privileged place need to approach this as an opportunity. And yes, it's easier for them to approach it as an opportunity. But I'm saying to the common anybody, blanketly, mm -hmm. If you do just try to search for the opportunity versus giving attention to how whack it is, because there are terrible elements, mm -hmm. then, you know what I mean? That, that's, where, that's where like a shift can happen. There's a lot more, you're giving yourself a lot better chance at at least mentally being okay or maybe being better coming out of this quarantine. Yep. Where I think a lot of people are going to come out and be like, I just haven't been in a funk. Fast forward till after the, after the quarantine there will be people like saying, I haven't been able to get back in the flow. You know what I mean? Like there will be, the quarantine will then be a reason why, you know, they can't get going again. And there are, again, a lot of people crushed mm -hmm. by it, really. So there will be a lot of that. But I'm just saying, look at that bright side if you can, you know? I think everybody, I don't care how busy you are or what, you have like 15 minutes out of your, before you go to bed to try to listen to and be positive, yeah. meditate, like learn something, read one fucking chapter, do something before you go totally. to bed. Right. You, you have more than 15 better. minutes now. Now you have a whole fucking day. I say no, I know. Yeah, dude, you're, you're, you're spot on. What, he, what he's saying is like, there's actually, so a lot of these teachers that me and Blue both fuck with, um, these teachers talk about it, but yo, I saw a, a, a sleep doctor, right? A doctor who literally studies sleep and then on a few other like spiritual leaders. And then there was, there was like this round table about this topic, especially. Mm -hmm. And data, like doctors, Dr. Joe Dispenza was one of them. Data proves that if you fuck that the 15 minutes before you go to bed and the 15 minutes when you wake up are the most pivotal points of the day. Yep. And there's an exact reasoning. Um, there's different states of the brain. I mean, I'm an amateur, so I might even fuck up what's, but the notion I know. There's different, you know, theta, beta, whatever. There's states that your brain, like when you're shutting down to go to sleep, you go and then your when you're awakening on, yeah. you're, mm -hmm. it's very impressionable. There's, there's just tons of benefits to those times yeah. being focused on what you want. Mm -hmm. And it will dictate your entire night's sleep, which subconsciously is very important. That's why I talk about, I listen to that shit throughout the night. Mm -hmm. And it really, dude, like there's, there's just endless data proving it. 
people still can't do it. Sometimes I can't do it and I know it works. But if you say, if you, if you focus on the things you want to happen tomorrow, if you, right before you go to bed, if you focus on these two things, mm-hmm. what you want to, first, what was great about today? A few things you're thankful about today. Could be, I felt good today, I had a great meal, I saw my friends, whatever. Highlight the things you're grateful for. Think about tomorrow and what you want to do with the opportunity and like what you hope or what might happen. Not even hope. Say, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do this. I'm going to have the best day. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It takes 10 minutes. 15, not, even, not even five minutes, really. Really. But scientifically, they're saying, like, dedicate 15 minutes to it. Because there's a certain amount of time that whatever, you know. But even on a level of reaching success, it was in uh, Think and Grow Rich about um, writing down, like, your goals and your affirmations Absolutely. for every time you wake up. Every time you wake up uh, in the morning is to like write down what you want to accomplish and then just Absolutely. read that read that when you wake up in the morning or read Absolutely. it before you go to bed at night. And then, mm. you know, you pretty much drill it into your subconscious until you believe it. And Absolutely. Then it help, helps you make it come true. Subconscious a, programming, but... You, you wake know. up in a better mood. When yeah. I, whenever I do that shit before I go to bed, I wake up and I'm like, yep, just refreshed. Mm-hmm. Because you know? it's, it's, it's actually true. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually scientifically proven. I want to segue into the Last Dance because uh, it's a pretty fucking oh, yeah. great, great documentary. Has has the has that documentary changed your perception on Michael Jordan after watching the first couple episodes? Yeah, some ways, definitely. Uh, look, I, I know his sons. Mm-hmm. One of his sons has a YNK tattoo. <laughs> you got it with us, like in Toronto. Which one, Marcus? Uh, Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. And then Marcus took care of us. Remember, remember we went to the store in yep. Florida? Yep. Like, we fuck with the Jordans heavy. They're cool kids. Very nice dudes. Really sweet guys. Um, I mean, look, there. I had heard negative things about Jordan and, and how he was just kind of a, you know, like, I'm sure he's had moments where he's not a great person or did the wrong thing or whatever, you know, but like, I just kind of, just from watching it, I felt like I liked him more. Um, Especially just showing how, like, he was, like, such a young, impressionable kid when he showed up. And he was, like, got a a little apartment while, like, his teammates were, like, doing coke and fucking bitches. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. And, uh, (laughs) which, thanks, which sound like a basic night over here at the Stevenson Ranch. (laughs) But but Jordan, uh, but when I saw him and, like, just it kind of opened my eyes to, like, being so young and rising so fast like that and mm-hmm. you know yeah uh one thing that it made me realize um <clears throat> the the whole scotty pippen story was the one thing that i didn't really know about until watching it and it kind of broadened the picture on why the bulls during that era won so many championships and it really i mean obviously it was because michael jordan was you know one of the greatest players ever but mm-hmm. A part of it, and probably a huge part of it, was because Scottie Pippen signed this horseshit deal. He was making about $2 million a year for seven years straight. Um, no one thought he was going to be as good he was going to be. He started college at six foot one, and he ended it at, what, six foot eight? That wasn't college. Or whatever. whatever. I said high, what, high school, sophomore year. He had a really late growth spurt. Yeah, he did. Like, where he grew like seven inches, way later than most people. And yep. he signed this deal. It brought the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls were at like, think of what their salary cap would be if he was getting paid what he should have been getting paid. Yeah. They wouldn't have been able to afford a lot of the other players that were starting for that team. Yep. If you think about it that way, they, they made a list of like what the starters were getting paid 
when the Bulls were the best like during those years in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan was making like 33 million, which is insane. And Scottie Pippen, second best player maybe in the league, making $2 million a year. Yep. So if he was getting paid what he should have been getting paid, which was what, what do you think, like 15 million, 20 million, whatever, mm-hmm. they probably wouldn't have been able to afford a lot. Now look, an interesting days. point, an mm-hmm. interesting point is if you told Scotty then, be like, fuck it, I'm out. This is bullshit. If you can get out of this, be like, I'm out of here. Fuck these guys. I'm going to go get paid, right? Mm-hmm. You ask him now, number one, he made $110 million in his playing career. Made more than Jordan in his playing career. Yeah. If you ask him now, imagine second year you got out of that and you didn't win those six fucking championships and you weren't on those Bulls teams and you guys didn't have that fucking run. Yeah. Do you think he would ever fucking trade it? No. So what I'm saying is even that, that's a negative thing he was going through. He was he was very distressed during that time. For he said sure. it. He was arguing, erating the owner, being an asshole, being out of character. Yep. He's pissed off. But now, he, those were the best years of his life. I know. And it built his whole brand, and then he made all the money after that, you know? I think like, that's what allowed the Bulls to win so many championships. What was it, six? Of course. Five or six championships? Sometimes those little sacrifices, like, I said it to someone earlier, but just the long game. Play the long game. Yeah. like. But yes. at the time, he didn't know it was a sacrifice. Right. He right. just took it because he thought he wanted the security totally. for his family because he grew up in poverty. It's an interesting, it's just an interesting, if I had that conversation with Scotty, I'd love to hear his perspective on it. Yeah. Because like, yeah, bro, like you, you were severely underpaid. <clears throat> but look how amazing it was. Yep. That situation, not, not to say that sometimes you can't get fucked over and get fucked out of good situations, mm-hmm. but like. You know, it's just, there's plenty of examples of, like, of that, you know? I don't know. It just makes me think of that. Like. Also, like, I got a little point here. Also, like, <laughs> if fucking Pippin, bro, I mean, if no, no, I could probably hit a three out there. No, many people are focused on Jordan. If he was the number one on another team, I'm not saying he's not, like, it made it easier for right, him though. to be good because Michael, everyone's focused on Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. The same thing happened. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll get to yeah, Gronk. We'll get right. to Gronk soon too. But the same thing happened with Gronk when he was on the Patriots. He would get double teamed every game and then allowed other people like to be like super, Amendola yeah, or whatever exactly. when he was on the team to get those catches because everyone's just double teaming, you know, Gronkowski. Absolutely. So, Danny, so you're I, right. Yeah, I think was, Danny could have made catches if he was double teamed too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, another. It's like a, another example of an ecosystem, man. Mm-hmm. You need those. He needed all those gravitational forces of people. Everyone's energy on Jordan. Scotty's going dumb dumb. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know but what I mean? it, like it raises the question where you know if Scotty Pippen got the deal that he should have gotten, would the Bulls would have would they have won as many championships? You could I, flip it on Mike too, though. I don't know. As soon as Scotty left, they started struggling. Oh yeah, but I'm saying like say you had say you had Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, and then like three shit bums as the starters that <laughs> you know that they just to fit their salary cap because right. you know um, would they have won as many championships? I don't know if that I don't know if they no, would have. Probably not. Probably not. There's no way of knowing. But there's also like you know all like Scotty what the yin and yang of like you know as soon as Scotty was out at least where we just left off like they were struggling and Jordan you could was visibly still pissed about it at his current age. Yeah. He's like, Scotty was in the wrong. Like, even after all, you made a billion fucking dollars, you're talking about Scotty being in the wrong. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's just like, you know, it was very clear that all, like, think of this, the value, the value that these people bring in their roles is what make teams like that, dynasties like that, great. Patriots, Bulls, mm-hmm. needed those, needed all that whole ecosystem of people and situations. Right? I, yeah. I want to know how Scotty did when Jordan was out for those three years, 
Because he was out. Yeah, me too. Jordan won three. He left, played baseball, Dakota, came back, you be like and a, won three in a row. You should be like a Jamie to mm-hmm. like Joe Rogan where like... I was just about to ask like, you. S- s- yeah. Hmm. Uh, look up what Scottie Pippen's... Just just find out when Scottie Pippen, when he got traded from the Bulls, like what he did after in those years, statistically. Because yeah. he played without Jordan when Jordan played baseball for three years. On the Bulls? He had it, right? Or am I, I don't, I don't know. he was on the Bulls anymore. No, he trade. He got traded to uh, another oh, team. Oh, he was traded. He was on with the Rockets. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was on, yeah, he was on two other teams after the Bulls. But, but you, you don't, don't. You don't ever think about. It, you don't ever, ever even see him in another jersey. I've never seen him. I in didn't even. Jerseys. I didn't even know. I didn't like, even know. Everyone he was on knows Scottie Pippen the Bulls. Portland. Portland? He, I think it was on Portland and he was in Houston. I think he played for Portland, both. Portland, yeah. I think he played for both teams. Vaguely, I think that was towards the end of his career, though. This whole thing kind of ties into the, uh, and I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna name drop it again, but the, that book Outliers that I, I read recently, Malcolm Gladwell, um, Chris Archer like swears by Malcolm Gladwell. Remember he was on mm-hmm. the, he was on the show and he yeah. said he met him at like a Starbucks or something and he was afraid to talk to him. Yeah, um, I, I'm on, I'm already on his second book, but I read Outliers first because it's one of, and it, it basically it's about uh, circumstantial success. So it's, it's not just about people who are successful because of their their God-given talent and their intelligence yeah. or whatever. It's because of the circumstances that surround the uh, the people. And it, they, they, they reference the Beatles, they reference Bill Gates, but I think it kind of makes sense with these, like the Bulls during this era because like we were just talking about, if Scottie Pippen like didn't receive that little money, you know, they wouldn't have been able to have like the other players yeah. for, for the amount of money that they're paying them. Maybe yeah. they wouldn't. Have. So like the Bulls during the era were kind of were outliers based on that circumstance. Mm, yeah. So that's a fair point for sure. Yeah. Scotty's got a hop. His wife's super oh, hot. So I think he made out really well. <laughs> She's been banging future two different times. Does he have so a new one? Does he have a new one? I don't one? think it ended that great. He probably has another one. There had to be a reason. I saw, I saw Larza Pippen tweeted, uh, for everyone concerned, Scotty did just fine. And like tweeted like I saw that. one of That's his things. And then like you go to the replies and be like, it's like a future meme. He's like, fuck it. You know, like there, everyone was trolling her about future. Yeah. Uh, future fucks everybody. <laughs> Scotty's probably doing his thing on the side the whole time. It's karma, man. She came back around. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Um, I'm looking at these stats. Do we anyone know the year? When did Jordan? Uh, so yeah, so he goes to Houston in ninety ninety eight ninety nine season. Jordan won in those years. Where are the points? Where are the points in this shit? I hate when they put the points so fucking far away. <laughs> it's the main All stat. All the way at the bottom. Literally the main stat. He probably still crushed it. No, what I say ninety ninety eight ninety nine, bro. 14 points in 40 minutes. That was towards... He was probably towards the end. What is that, just one game? No, that's the season stat. That's, like his, first, that's his first year in fucking Houston. 98-99. What was Jordan's stats in that year? Probably. He might have been playing baseball. No, 99? That, like, when you play like old NBA games, 99 Jordan was like one of the best. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm already too high to be looking at this. I'm confused. <laughs> um, but either way, look. He averaged... 14 and a half, 12 and a half, 11, 10, 10, 5, retired. Yeah, there you go. They needed each other. They needed each other, baby. <laughs> Yin and yang. Yin and yang, baby. Just um, like me and Blue Yup need each other. <laughs> before, I yeah, know, the I'm, Jor- I'm more Jordan like a Rodman and Pippen, guy, I think. Jordan and Pippen are the, uh, are the Someone commented on one day. What? Actually, people compared you to the Kobe and Shaq. The That's Cup. the funniest thing. That's so funny. <laughs> Which Rest is hilarious. Yeah. Um, that's so- <laughs> 
It really was more like, yeah, it's like Pip. Uh, I yeah, I don't know. I also, can't think of a also fair. another outlier. I think is, it was like Curry and Durant, maybe. Another uh, Jordan is an outlier. Yeah, also, like what if Jordan like was that. a fucking party guy? He goes into the team when they're called the traveling cocaine circus. He walks. Gotta make those shirts. He walks into. <laughs> he, we're the we're the traveling Bud Light circus. If he walks into the hotel room that one day and you know everyone's like doing lines, smoking weed, boozing, what if he like part partook in it? He's like, yeah, I'll rage. I mean, would he? He what if he have. went down that rabbit hole? Would he probably still be Jordan? No. Probably not. Probably not. Probably Later not. on in his career, he Look, that happens. Him. Like, the public doesn't even know, but, like, that happens to a lot of these guys. A lot of the guys who, like, don't pan out, or you just don't know, like... Look at Delonte West, dude. Remember that video just we gonna saw? I was just going to say that. Yeah, but just, it's, just, it's just hard. Also, like, that's the extreme. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about guys who, like, get too caught up and party too early and shit. Mm -hmm. Because, look, you get rich, and not everyone wants to fuck you, and you... You got, you finally not in college, you know, you're just in college or high school. Now you're traveling the world and girl, you know, so it's like, it happens to everyone at a certain degree, but like, I think that's really what separates the greats. Like, look, think about what LeBron has done. Mm -hmm. LeBron has gotten better every fucking year. We you know, like the really, like the real greats <laughs> dedicate themselves really to it. You know, what are you laughing at? We made it through. We made it through what? The Blaine Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Just got to keep getting better. <laughs> we had a lot of temptations along the way, man. We came out on top. <laughs> we did. <laughs> oh, great. We did have a lot um, of temptations along the way. That's for sure. Travel the world. Yeah. Hey, look, honestly, a, a fair question is if, if we weren't in quarantine, I don't know if we would have won it because those parties would have got out of hand afterward. Oh, oh yeah. If we had We would have fucking raging. Like, because everyone was watching, you know? They would come over and we'd be fucking raging. Yeah, it's true. But it's true, though. Uh, to play devils, we definitely would have to won play it. devils advocate, though. I'm sure a lot of these players, when they reach like initial success, they start getting perspective, and they're like, "Oh, like you know, like obviously sports are important, but now I have money, and I just want to like enjoy life instead of like putting this ball through this hoop." You know what I mean? They start like seeing it for what it actually is. Very, whereas very like true. if you're, whereas like if you're Tom Brady, it's like, no, I'm just gonna fucking drink 200 ounces of water every day and kiss my kids and and throw football really hard. I mean, look at Vince Carter, the guy. <laughs> Kiss my, French kiss my kids on the lips. <laughs> Let the boy watch. I still, have, I, still have, I still have nightmares about that clip of Brady French kissing his kid. <laughs> I haven't thought about it since. I'll be honest, I haven't fucking given it one ounce of my thought. He since. hangs on oh, just man. a little too long. <laughs> he hangs on to that kiss. How long was it? Kiss the mic. It's like... Kiss the mic like how it was. Well, no, the context is also important. He's like in a towel. Is he, is he in a towel? Wasn't he in a towel? I think he was getting a massage. I think he was in a towel, so he's like kind of naked. He was actually getting a massage. He's getting a massage. He's yeah, he's on a massage table getting like makes it even better. Massage probably by a dude. And <laughs> definitely. His kid's like about to go to bed and and Tom's like, wait, what about my kiss? <laughs> Get over here and give me a kiss. And then the kid the kid walks over, Brady's like practically dong out, and the kid's like. Like, that was the length? It's like uh, it's like this length. How old is the kid? <laughs> pretty long. How old is the kid? Long, pretty long. The kid his kid's like ten. Like right. ten. There's, there's, little, there's no like need four. there's no need for a, a hold of the kiss whatsoever. It's gotta be it's gotta parent, be a peck. Parent kid? It's gotta be There's no need for it's gotta be for a kiss on the mouth hold. You know what I mean? The notion is like a kiss, you know, like Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a little weird. I've heard Tom Brady's the fucking man. 
Of course he is. Like, actually, though, like, obviously he's the man in life and shit and rock star killing it. But, like, just, like, supposedly he's, like, actually the fucking man. Like, he's, like, he's actually leans more on, like, the dude, like, why are you so nice type. Because he's Tom Brady and, like, people, he's, like, very fucking cool and, like, down to earth still. Like, I was asked talking to a few guys off the screen about it. Like, he's actually... It's insane how nice and like sweet he is, and he's like a nice guy. Just mm -hmm. goes above and beyond to like be a good friend to people and shit. It's he's pretty crazy. Yeah, Victoria's Secret model wife, one of the best ever. You know, <laughs> best quarterback. Won six ships. I'm, yeah, but I'm about to not to... have any ego come through that is pretty fucking out. It's, that might be even more yeah. impressive to me. You know why? It maybe because he lives in Montana. He's just catching crazy vibes out there. Not <laughs> meditation. He's definitely spiritual. He's got to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. I haven't listened to it all, but he had the uh, the interview with Howard Stern. I, I listened to a great deal of it. You got him, man. It's awesome. It's probably pretty, fuck, it's probably pretty awesome, huh? Uh, yeah, but also Howard Stern is such a good interviewer. And yeah. he's, he just, he muckerized it a lot, which is amazing because it's Tom Brady. And yeah, uh, Howard's got to be Howard. Howard's like, Howard's talking about like, sh like showering with the team and like, what do you do? I heard that. What do you do if you have a tiny dick in the locker room? Do people make fun of you? <laughs> what did he, what was his answer? Tom, <laughs> Tom's like the very generic like sports like athlete answer. He's like, well, you know, like all the guys just, you know, realize they all have the same thing going on down there. So like no one really talks much about it. He's like, you know, people are probably going to make fun of you if you have a bigger one versus a smaller one. <laughs> um, that whole interview is really good, though. Geek, Tom Tom's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Perfect name for him, Tom. I'm about to be a Buccaneers fan. Tom's a great name for him. I think him, I'm about yeah. to be a Buccaneers fan. Yeah. This Gronk thing goes through, which I think it's going to. It is. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I might be too. Fuck the Patriots. Shit. No, not fuck the Patriots, <laughs> but like you take Tom Brady and Gronk off the Patriots and onto another team. Like, yeah, I'm going to be a fan of that team. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm look. I'm not. I'm, I'm probably the least like fan. I mean, I mean, I might be. Too, I might be. I might be least. This is raising questions on like what what the whole the coaching staff is like now. The fact that Gronk is going to come back to play with another team, the fact that like Brady's on that team, he's going to come back and play on another team. Right? Because Gronk could have kept playing with Brady. You know, he chose to retire. But now oh, he, people, bro, people fucking hate playing for Belichick. Yeah, they really do. Like I could just tell. No one's even said that to me, but I know. I know these guys. Like I yeah. talked to them. I, I could have decent reads on them. Like I could tell. It's a very controlled environment. They're, dude, they feel like they're in college still and, like, worried mm -hmm. about the coach, like, suspending them. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like a very... But, you know, he's greatness. So, like, everyone, the level of respect is just so high. Yep. I wonder how uh, Johnny's I, visit with the Patriots went. Yeah, we should ask him. Let's get him on the line. <laughs> should I? Manziel just... Uh, <laughs> he he, he just visited... Manziel's visited with the Patriots? No, yeah. no. Well, wow. No, he did. He did. Oh, a while ago. He mean. did what? At, right in the peak of like the comeback. I remember that. Shit. I do remember that. Yeah. I was so excited for him. But Belichick takes risks all the time. Yeah, he like, was interested in Antonio Brown. I think Belichick gives a shit about one thing and one thing only. Winning. 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 And, uh, and, and what's his face from the Browns? They Beckham. Beckham. What? Oh, no, Beckham. No, no, no. No, no. Uh, your boy. Your, uh, uh, Gordon. Gordon. Oh Josh, yeah. Yeah, they took a chance on him. It didn't really pan out, but I mean, he he played he played well for yeah. the majority of the season. Josh, my guy, man. Yeah. Um, Tremendous athlete. He he reached out and said he wants to be on the podcast. I think that would be incredible. Incredible. 
incredible. I have so many people want to know more about him. You yeah, know? like it's I very, want to know more about him. It's very tricky. I do too. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, we've, we've become good buddies, but like, there's still so much. Is he done with football, or is he on another team? Oh, he's on another team. What team is he? Seattle. But I want to say he might have got let go. I'm not sure. I'm not sure to be yeah. honest. He's one, he's a freak athlete. Yeah, incredible. Freak athlete. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what's pretty wild is like. This is a really interesting point, bro, because I know you saw just kind of recently kind of got buried in the coronavirus shit, but the NFL is no longer testing for marijuana. This guy's complete, his (laughs) career was completely derailed because of marijuana. marijuana. That's such bullshit, dude. Bro, he had, he led the league in fucking receptions as a rookie. Yeah. Do you know who he reminds me of? John Bones Jones. Like... (laughs) A little bit. As a, he's just he, way bigger and way more athletic, as much as that sounds crazy. No, I'm just saying about their, like, they both probably part of their dicks off. They're both, like, freaks. Yeah, you know Josh, I mean? like, I can't even speak on Josh partying that much, but, like, I, I know, know he could party, but, like, I don't know how bad, you know? I'd, I'd, I'd love to know more, you know, if he was interested in sharing it. Which he's, he, I didn't hit him up. I, out of respect, I didn't hit him up because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Figure he'd talk about it when he want to talk about all this shit. He needs to tell all. He wants big to. time. Yeah, yeah, that should be our episode. Man. Big I mean, big time. Just fucking chop it up. Yeah, the, uh, the weed thing reminds me. I, I just started rewatching Blue Mountain State. Fucking tremendous show. Yeah, I never really was a Blue Mountain State guy. I should probably. Go you got to dive in. It's it's aged so well. I, I like it better it. now as me now than I did seven or eight years ago when Five. it came out. Oh my yeah, god, I, it's so good. I need some light. So I've you know found a little value in like. Watching some light stuff here and there. So, I mean, we had the very own Thad Castle uh, kick yeah. off the Bellina Cup. So, I, I love that guy. Because, like, <laughs> hands you know, down, one of the greatest characters on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Right up our alley. The fact that he went that hard for that was awesome. <laughs> they had a the episode in the season one that I just watched uh, was when they have a random, a random drug test, which obviously they're warned about. And it's for like drugs, steroids, whatever. So they realize like everyone on the team has like obviously been partying and doing drugs and taking steroids and they joke about like taking testosterone and rabies and like funny shit. Mm-hmm. So they're like, how are we going to pass this drug test? Thad Castle's like, well, we, we're going to do this thing called an oil change where mm-hmm. you, you insert, it's essentially like siphoning oil out of a car. You, you take this little tube and throw it up your piss hole and it like siphons all the piss out of your bladder and then you inject clean pee into your bladder through the, wow. <laughs> through, through the tube and it's called an oil change. And, it's revolutionary. And, ever, and ever, everyone's like, no, I'm not doing it. It looks fucking painful as shit. They end up doing it. But uh, they want to use right they want to use fake dicks at one point. Because I guess they have to... Fake like, dicks is a thing for sure. They want to look... Like, they have to look at your dick when you're doing yeah. that. I couldn't do it. Look, I, I did it all the time, man. You had to do it? Oh, yeah, dude. Like, they had to look at your wiener while you piss? Yeah. I couldn't do it. I can't... Just let it fly right in front of If them. I had a dude looking at my dick, I couldn't pee. I could not pee into a cup. I'd, look him square in the <laughs> eye while I'm doing it. <laughs> I I'll just stare at him like I get pee shy for sure. If I'm if I'm stuck in a in a public restroom at urinals with no divider, I'm fu- I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I gotta be at a bar fucking eight beers deep to fucking let that flow. Yeah. I get oh my shy god. Sure. I mean, it's not the same as a bar. You know what I mean? It's just a guy who's been looking at dicks all day. Like it's not a big I deal. know. It's just it's a weird setting. It's probably dead silent. You probably hear a pin drop in the locker room. I and wonder you, you if you guy, told that guy when he was graduating from college. Like, you'd be looking at dicks for a living. How much hey, does man, you get paid? You're gonna be staring at dicks. <laughs> For the majority College of your dicks. adult life. <laughs> how much does he get paid? I, I don't know how much money you would have to give me to do that job. All right. I can already see this going down to a very wild, a very bad rabbit hole. So we can go right, get a lot. We can go into our pee break. Where uh, I, we need, I need a pee break. Where we won't bad. be tested for, uh, for illegal drugs. Thank you. God bless America. We'll be right back with You Never Know, You Know What I Mean. 
right after this urination break. Mike, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been wearing the same pair of shorts for the past week. I haven't noticed, John. That's because I got these brand new pair of bird dogs from Bird Dogs Headquarters. They're not just shorts, but they got built-in undies right underneath them. How do they feel? You know, it feels like I've been wearing nothing for the past week. And with the exception of a few skid marks, I think I could wear them forever. <laughs> I love that. I was going to say, your, uh, your bird dog, th those bird dog undies match my bird dog nunchucks. Tell us and about the nunchucks, Mike. Using the code YNK uh, with your purchase of anything from bird dogs, you get your own complimentary set of nunchucks. And in times like this, I mean, I feel like uh, every home could benefit from their own individual set of nunchucks. That's true. So go to Bird Dogs now, get your free pair of shorts. They're and not your free, nunchucks. They're not free pair of shorts, sorry, they're free nunchucks. And uh, and yeah, let those balls hang low, baby. Let them hang. So we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Yeah, now in trying times like this, so many of us stuck at home, it's only a matter of time before you run out of content you enjoy. Sometimes you go back, dabble in things you previously enjoyed. Here's a little uh, unlock to some new content. And it's so simple to do. I just fire up the ExpressVPN app. I change my location, let's say to the UK. I refresh Netflix and that's it. And it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. So if you want to visit our special link right now at expressvpn.com slash YNK, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free ski. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash YNK. And always remember, you never know. Ever. Do you think it's difficult to, when you say like picking the weeds and um, like fixing yourself or working on yourself, and like you know, being above yourself and, and judging oneself. Do you th do you think it's difficult or even possible to judge yourself from your own perspective versus someone else versus someone else like totally, totally. versus someone else like analyzing? What's your you? question? Are you saying it's possible? Are no, you I'm saying like, is it po like is it possible? Um, yeah, because like I always found I always found it difficult, and I always thought not impossible, but hard for you for one person to judge themselves. And right. to like make sense of themselves, I think that's why therapy exists, and that's why like seeing psychologists seeing psychologists that's all exists. this is for because man. like they go to like they literally go to school and they base their whole living on analyzing. Because what people. else? Think about it. If you're not yeah. doing that, yeah. then what else? What is? What is your judgment of yourself? What's your only notion? What's your only uh, data? What other people think? Yeah. What's my reputation? What do people think of me? Well, you know what I mean. There's, there's no, other people. Serious. There's the public, and then there's like a trained professional who can actually give you like oh, a scientific. Yeah, yeah, therapy. Yeah. I, I haven't done it yet, but I know I will. Just yeah. even if things are great, I will. Yeah. I, a lot of people have said it's amazing. I'm saying your family, your friends, the people you care about, also the general public. But I'm talking more the people you care about, the people around you in your neighborhood. What do they think of you? You know, like if you're not realizing that you're the like you are supposed to be a, your self-awareness is supposed to be there mm -hmm. your self-awareness is the the goal of your self-awareness is to be able to look at yourself fairly and say assess mm -hmm. don't fucking blow smoke up your own ass but don't be don't punish yourself either a lot of people suffer mainly because they fucking they do it to themselves man like oh, I fucking did that, I'm an idiot, blah, blah. I'm gonna go fucking drink because I feel like, you know, like, I'll forget, you know? But really, like, 
the self-awareness shit, like the fact that you just said that makes me know you should meditate, even though you are very happy and friendly and nice guy all the time. I, I, I'm actually good at it. I'm saying I'm, I'm good at like like rising above and looking down and yeah. assessing myself oh, there you go. very non-biasedly. I just know most people aren't good at it. Yeah, so to answer your question, you know it is possible yeah. because it is, and that's what I've worked at to be. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I, I can't say that I was naturally like that, bro. I was very much, I am my thoughts. Yeah. I had this ego. I was my ego. Yeah. For a lot for a lot of my life. Wayne Dyer says like what you were saying earlier. You are this is real deep. You are <laughs> what you think other people think of you. So you, what other people that cause they don't think, bro, you're walking and you think everyone's judging you. No, it's what you think they think they think about you. I know what you're saying. I know exactly what you're trying you know to what say. I'm yep. It's yeah. like it's crazy. Yeah, you, yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's it's how, a reflection. That's how Kanye got so great. Because he thought everyone fucking fucked with him super heavy. Yeah. He even fucked with himself super heavy. Sure. Yeah. And then look what happened. I mean, dude, there's a there's definitely there's a huge thing with people who have like radical success. Say like, dude, uh um what's the word? There's a phrase, but delusional. Yeah. Uh, oh, delusionally. That's, that's, uh, that's what Charlie Charlie Rocket talked about. Yeah, delusionally confident. Yeah. Like Russ is another guy. Like you see him talking about. It. He's like, dude, I would tell everyone I was the best. Look, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that ever, even if I truly feel yeah. that. But if you're doing it for your own personal growth. Because, dude, there's a difference. Here's why I disagree with Russ, and I agree with a lot of things he says. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be outward, man. It doesn't need to be outward. Yeah. You know, that's what matters. Like, and he's on that same wave. But it doesn't have to be outward. You don't have to tell everyone that you're the best rapper. No. Because if you truly, truly feel it and feel it in your heart and think that, mm-hmm. like the gravitational force that he's talking about that is the law of attraction, which he says he manifested, which I believe he did, you know that the gravitational force is with your feeling and your, and your thought. It's not about telling everyone, you know, that you're the greatest because really, like, you know, like the, that the greatest doesn't even exist. The That's greatest also, doesn't think they're the greatest. It's an illusion, though, the greatest. Like, yeah, there's stats. and But, like, in music, how could you, you know what I mean? Like, everyone has their version of, you know, like, his favorite artist is different than his favorite mm-hmm. artist. But, like, yeah. you're just your best you. You know what I mean? That's why I don't even like the greatest rapper thing. Like, I don't, why? Yeah, there's not. I think the Record sales is not the answer. <laughs> no. Some people can't sit through five seconds of an Eminem song. Yeah. I don't know any black people that ever listen to Eminem. I don't. There's probably millions, but I've never mm-hmm. met anybody cool that ever listened to Eminem, really. Yeah. I listened to him back in the day. You know, I was definitely a fan. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like his target audience. I wasn't like, you know, I was a pretty like regular athlete kid, you know? Yeah. But dude, my point is that guy's hand, well, Drake is now, but Drake and Eminem are the highest selling. But you can't make that argument that they were the best. Like everyone yeah. has their own. Some people can't even listen to those. Rap guys. is such a tricky genre of music to say who's who's the greatest. Yeah, so it's whereas like so much. other other like, other genres of music, yeah. it's such an e- easier debate. Rappers used to be poets, bro. Yeah. Well, that's when you there, could there was judge a poetry it thing, and then you could judge it better. You could say, "Wow, his now cadences, he's so sharp." There's, right. There's so many more elements and subgenres of rap about now. The vibe. Yeah. What's your wave? Do people like watching you talk, hearing you talk, yeah. watching you? like mob around your videos and like there's a whole thing where it's more of like an overall appeal versus like the art of rap mm-hmm. which i personally don't even like rap like that i used to yep when people are rapping bro it's like exhausting that's why i don't people want me to rap like a lot like i'm still rapping on a lot of the songs but none of it's like 
the over-syllable raps that I used but to that do. That used to be, like, you Logic know? would be, like, up there top five. If this was back in the well, day, it was all, like, who raps the fastest? Like, yeah, if Logic was yeah. in the 90s, he'd be, like, a great. That's why I fucked yeah. with, like, that's why he I would. fucked with Nelly, because he had a vibe back then. Yeah. Like, all those, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not it's crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I want to get into our caller. Um, his name's Kale Thomas. He's a stock car racer. He's a has a really fucking cool story. Um, I brief you a little bit about it. He is the classic you never know story. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just call him in now, and let's just dive right into it. Hey, hey, Kale. John Kilmer, are you on the air? Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> uh, it's going well, man. I'm, I'm glad we finally got to get you on the podcast. I know it's been months of trying to plan this. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? It's not because we don't care. It's just, uh, you know us. Things are always popping up. We're not a logistics yeah. company. <laughs> we are not a logistics company. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to pass the phone over to the Studmeister, FKA Studmeister, now just, now just Mike. <laughs> I'm still a Studmeister. <laughs> and... Um, I want you know we I know we talked earlier, but uh, I kind of want you to share your story with him and with our with our audience because I just think it's a tremendous story. Yeah, yeah. So uh, pass it over. Basically, uh, wait, hold on. I'm gonna pass the phone over to Mike real quick. Oh, okay. okay. Just make sure you do it backwards. Yep. And just th- throw it right up against the fucking jam it in there. Kel, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Mike? What's going on, my guy? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, during these tough times, I can't complain. Yeah, where where are you? Uh, I just moved to Pennsylvania in January, so. Whereabouts? Um, about Central PA, so, uh, around, uh, York and, uh. Okay. Uh, about two hours away from Philly. Yeah, we've been, we've been all over that fucking state, all over. Played, played so many, like, random cities and colleges in there, that's why I asked. But, um, yeah, man, Kilmer, uh, told me a little bit about your story, but fits, uh, right up the, right up our alley here for, for the YNK podcast, obviously. It's, I think it's a. An exceptional example of uh, you never know being something of like kind of always. We've been talking about looking at the bright side a lot, just organically in this episode. Um, so it's only fitting that we hear your story. So just yeah, just walk us through what went on. Right. Um, so I'm just gonna give a little background uh, for you and like cool. everybody and stuff. So um, I've been uh, you know a race fan and a race car driver since I was a little kid. So, uh, since I was, you know, five years old, I've been, uh, going around in circles and stuff. Um, basically got, you know, was really good at a young age and, uh, progressed, um, gained sponsors and just went to different types of racing in different forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 16, I moved up to uh, sprint cars, full size sprint cars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I actually saw you had a sprint car shirt on, uh, your other podcast. Yeah. I was actually really interested in how you got into that yeah but. yeah i uh actually my boy so my boy uh out here he's from i want to say he's from uh it's definitely in the midwest i want to say Indi- indiana um okay. but he uh he put me on to the he had this like it's actually his clothing line but a lot of them are are stock car like shirts and mascots and things it's cool though Dope. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a Knoxville National shirt, so that's like the yeah. That's the crown jewel of sprint car racing. A lot of people were hitting. Thing. A lot of people were hitting me up about it. <laughs> uh, race fans sure love uh, when they see uh, you know people like you. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. We gotta come. We gotta come out. We gotta come out when we're on tour. We gotta come out and watch a and watch a race at some point, or at least take us to one or whatever. Dude, yeah. That's honestly when I saw that shirt, a lot of people knew I you know 
uh, liked you and stuff and uh you know followed you guys so yeah. they hit me up they're like dude would mike come to a sprint car show or something like that Hell yeah. I was like dude honestly it's such a good time and like the racing's badass and then partying after is just as fun so i'm already uh, i'm already i'm already on board just from that description i'm ready dude and then i was also thinking like chug bud at the racetrack dude people would freak boom it'd be be crazy boom let's let's do it for sure for sure we'll talk uh we'll talk after but we'll stay in touch and that because that's that's honestly the type of shit the type of activations that we have planned for chug bud obviously they're a little stalled with quarantine but a lot of pub like the activations with with crowds like that are organically going to be fans of it like we know you know like the tailgate culture race cars you know um all that shit so it's going to be that that's like right up our alley of what shit we're we're trying to do those types of engagements for sure we love it but uh uh sprint cars aside uh so basically it's you know sprint car racing has been my whole life i mean that's why i moved out to pennsylvania mm-hmm. i got hired by a team out here um but um about when uh when i was 18 19 years old so um a couple years in a sprint cars i uh it was the summer of 2016. I uh, went to a place in Chillicothe, Ohio, Atomic Speedway, and so it was just a you know normal night, you know. Uh, and in one of the races, um, I got up on the flat. There's no walls in one and two. You know, it's dirt racing, so uh, it was sandy up there. You know, the track wasn't worked up. You know, up there mm-hmm. wet or anything like that. And you know, they had concrete barriers on the outskirts of the track and completely took those out and it blocked you from going down this huge hill and just went all the way down it and just uh you know when people got to me i wasn't conscious or anything like that and wasn't responsive and uh at that point you know they were scared of you know a severe concussion and you know anything else because i wasn't you know there all there so um i got life lighted from a, a helicopter to um ohio health uh, Ohio major hospital mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they gave the, you know, did all the scans on my head and, you know, my body and stuff like that. And right. you know, I, I honestly, it took about 12, maybe to 18 hours before I stopped, you know, repeating myself and just, I was out of it. Like mm. I probably asked my dad about 10 times, like what happened? Like, where am I? And stuff like that. Right. So, you know, it's pretty crazy to look back at stuff like that. And, wow. you know, you're just not, you're not, you know, you're out of it, but, um, yeah, that's the life of a race car driver. But, um, you know, they did the scans and I was in the hospital with, for a couple of days and, uh, about, uh, I went home and about, you know, two weeks later, I was just, you know, getting back going again. And my mom, um, called me into the living room and she started reading this letter off from the hospital and, you know, talked about my stay at the hospital and what they did to me. And then they talked about on, blah 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 scan they found a mass on my right kidney they -hmm. believed it was renal cell carcinoma and which it ended up being renal cell carcinoma a type of kidney cancer wow and so at that point you know you know my mom's in tears and i'm just you know 18 year old kid you know it's it's rare to get cancer that you know kind of age i mean i haven't done anything crazy to you know put myself into that situation yeah. And, uh, you know, immediately I wanted to know how I can get better and what we got to do. And so, uh, seen it, one of the best specialists in the United States for, uh, this type of cancer and, um, Dr. Sprunger, he, mm-hmm. uh, set up a surgery for me 
in October. Luckily, uh, we only had to do surgery because, um, you know, I didn't have any symptoms, so it didn't spread anywhere else. Right. So usually when you do get symptoms, it spreads to different parts of your body and then usually it's too late. Wow. And, um, so I was, you know, lucky to be a race car driver at that point. Um, Crazy. and, uh, so had the surgery and I'm already a pretty small built guy. Most race car drivers are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I actually lost 20 pounds. I felt like shit. And, uh, you know, a couple months went by and about January, um, after that winter, uh, is when I started feeling better again. Mm. And, uh, at that point I wanted to, you know, start going to the gym again and getting, you know, back to normal. Right. And even, even better than that, you know, I had motivation to get back in the race car because, you know, my last race was a big wreck. And, you know, at that point I want to be better than what I was then. Mm -hmm. Um, and not, you know, come out the gate, um, weak. I want to come out the gate strong. Mm. And, uh, and I also felt like it was a blessing, you know, from, Lord up above mm-hmm. that I had that accident because, you know, yeah. this cancer is a slow growing tumor. Um, there's three different types. I had the 1% of renal cell carcinomas and then also this cancer is found in 60 year olds. So I'm the 1% of the 1% who ends up driving a sprint car for a living. So crazy. It's, it's crazy how it came full circle. Yeah. That's wild, man. Something like that. Do you, so, uh, did you have that, these thoughts, uh, you know, kind of right away? Like, did you, or did it take a while? Did you have to be removed from it a bit to look back and be like, wow, how, how incredibly lucky, you know, but also just like that level of, uh, man, that this, there, there is no such thing as a coincidence. I don't feel, you know, and it's just like, it's such a such an eye opening experience for it to go down like that. Were you were you kind of thinking that as right right out of the gate, or did it take a little time? It honestly took a while because I think you know after my surgery, yeah. I got, that's when I kind of was getting sick. So and then you also got winter, so you got nothing to do. Mm-hmm. I had no racing to go to. Mm-hmm. So you know mm-hmm. that that November, that December, I'm just kind of like days are flying by, and I just feel numb almost mm-hmm. and. It's like when, you know, the weather started getting better and then I just finally hit a point in my life where, you know, you finally, I think you just finally get, I mean, I think I had a concussion for a long time too. So my head wasn't on right and just a lot of different things, that surgery being a tough, one of the toughest surgeries on your body as well. And I think, um, you know, going to the gym was kind of, it kind of started that spark and, and then going to church on Sundays. And then honestly, the thing that, actually changed even more so my mindset was I decided to go to the gym on a Saturday because usually I would go you know Monday through Friday well just out of the blue I decided to go on a Saturday I I go to LA Fitness and uh, my pastor ended up being in the locker room there so I said hey Gary and he's like oh hey he's like you go to the creek or something I was like yeah yeah I go to your I go to your church he's like okay he's like you an athlete or something I'm like yeah I drive race cars He's like, okay, that's cool. He's like, so have you ever had any bad wrecks? And I was like, I got a story for you, dude. And uh, I told him about what happened and how it kind of changed my life and how I kind of, you know, I've always believed in God and stuff. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just that's my testimony now. And uh, so he's like, well, I have a group that meets on Thursdays uh, for young adults. I think you should start going and tell your story and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I started going and, you know, meeting people and, you know, I, I raced 
you know, that whole year and, you know, one of my best seasons in a car. And um, even, you know, after that, that, that whole summer, I, the group talked about um, a organization that works close with the church called Rafa International. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they help girls who have been through sex trafficking and put them in better situations. So I went that for that spring. So one year later, after meeting my pastor at the gym, because of having wow. a wreck and finding out I had cancer, I went halfway across the world to see those girls and see what the organization does for their lives. And it was Fire. such one of the most impactful things in my life. And then when I came back, that was the one thing they wanted us to do was you need to, you know, tell everybody what, you know, what you saw and what you witnessed and then like, you know, spread the word. And well, I thought, well, racing is the perfect, you know, perfect example of, you know, being able to, you know, spread it. And so a month later, I won the biggest sprint car race in my life. I won an all-star circuit of champions race. So Tony Stewart owns that series and I won and, you know, I gave the whole spiel sponsors and, you know, uh, how the race went. And then at the end, I got to talk about Rafa International and, you know, and it it was at that point is when everyone started hearing my story. And then I've, I still get messages today because people hear my story on different Mm -hmm. podcasts and videos. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have a ton after this. It's really incredible. (laughs) Um, it's just a perfect, it's just a perfect example of this shit that we try to highlight on the show because, you know, like, look, everyone, everyone has their own path, but it's really incredible when you start to, when you can be in the moment and start realizing that everything's happening for you and and for you, like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of shit that you could complain about, you know, like, why did I get this rare cancer or why did I get in a wreck? But you know, it's weird. We were just talking about this earlier in this episode, but like just consciously being able to find the bright side and and actually let that bright side of it take you a whole new place, a whole new height. Um, And now you're probably, can you remember, I mean, before the before and after of, of the wreck, you know, your mind state before and your mind state now, are you just, are you loving where you are mindset wise comparatively to who you were before that, before the wreck? I I think overall. Yeah. But I think everyone, and you know, I think everyone deals with this. You, you go through certain times Mm -hmm. where you doubt yourself or you go through hard times or you face new struggles. It might not be as hard as what you once witnessed. Right. At the same time, I think because of that overall hardship, I think I still always look at the bright side of things. Um, you know, always have that. You never know. Right. Um, keep going mindset. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even when the times get tough, you know, you just stay yeah, in the trenches and keep going. You're so look at you just nailed all the Mike Stud branding in one uh, in one <laughs> sentence. Um, yeah, bro. Uh, the trenches, that's where we were just talking about that, too. The trenches is like it's about everyone's in the trenches at some point. It's just about you got to somehow find a way to make to, to enjoy the enjoy them, enjoy the setting. You know what I mean? Because right. there's there's a. Uh, there can, there can and always will be opportunity and, and uh, you know, beneath the hard times. So, like, even now, yeah, you're going to go through probably a bunch of other hard shit, hard shit. Maybe not as hard as that. Maybe you were. Who knows? But you're, you're so prepared for it, at least mentally. Um, and where I believe that mental, the mental strength is probably is what heals the body. And, like, you know, there's, 
there's a lot of there's just a lot of upside. I'm always talking about the mind on this because I just I believe in that so much, and I feel like your experience now you're just gonna be rock solid going forward because it's so it's just such an eye opening overall thing. The, the the connections of your story are just almost weird. It's uh, in a good way, you know. So it's it's really uh, it's really dope, and I'm glad we got to connect. Um, what's going on now? I mean, right now, obviously, you're not racing, but uh, where where are you? What's what's after? You know, obviously, we don't really know what's next as a society, but I'm sh- feels like we'll be on the other side of it at some point soon. What are you? Uh, are you you're going to be rocking and rolling still with uh, stock car racing? Correct. Yeah. Well, actually, open wheel racing, not stock car. Open, open wheel. wheel. What's the, what's, what's the difference? So, like, <laughs> sprint cars are just badass. <laughs> That's basically <laughs> what I mean. um, you, you really need to freaking go. Like I do, you, man. You we, flip shit. We've never been. Yeah, we've never been. Like, you, you, you'd think it'd be, you think, you'd call me insane, bro. You'd call me insane. <laughs> that's what it is. So, sprint cars are open wheel. Um, I race wing sprint cars, so we have like the little fins. Yep, yep. Things up top. Yep. But um, I mean, there ain't no dune buggies. They're 900 horsepower, 1400 pounds, and we race on dirt. So we'll race on from like quarter miles to about half miles, and on half miles we can go about 160 to 170 miles an hour. And <laughs> so <laughs> that's so crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. So like on a half mile, we can get around there in 13 seconds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you are you're a wild boy, sir. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, man, it's really dope. We have to uh when we're on the road again, we will uh definitely take your word on it. We'll come link up and come to it. Come yeah, hopefully you're racing, that. but we can go either way. Yeah. Usually uh my since I definitely got hired now, I'm definitely have a bigger schedule. So We love um, that. We can definitely figure out like a, a bigger showing and stuff. Maybe like we that. could do some kind of sponsorship stuff too. You guys do sponsors and shit? Yeah, hell yeah. We I mean, do, uh, for special races. So, like, if you uh, say you didn't want to like sponsor a whole deal, but like, say at Knoxville Nationals, you wanted to, you know, thirty-five thousand people, you wanted to do a Chug Bud car or Mike Stud, you never know, podcast car, just easy. <laughs> Make a Knoxville car. Do the do the Nationals. Yeah, we're definitely doing a Chug Bud car, and, and like, there needs to be like a tube coming <laughs> off the car. <laughs> Um, no, nah, maybe, maybe we'll do a deal. We'll do a deal and you, you rip off, rip a chug butt after you win the, win the fucking race. Oh yeah. 150,000 to win. We love that. We love that. Um, but yeah, man, thank you for, uh, sharing. It was an awesome story really. And, uh, man, keep going. I don't got to yeah, say no it. Problem. I don't yeah, got to say it. Going. All right, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Talk soon. Later. <laughs> wow. What a story. I almost cried at one point. What a story. Yeah, it's crazy. If it doesn't kill you, make you stronger. What can we take away from that story? If it doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger, right? If he can go through that, he can go through anything, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. I don't know. Crazy. Kind of makes all my problems through my life pretty insignificant. Man, there's a there's a huge fucking thing here. It's perspective, man. You know? It's perspective. Like all you got to do is hear that fucking story and your perspective's changed. Yeah. It's just like all the little shit we care about. It's just like, you yeah. know, think about how many people have those stories. Yeah. There's wow. so many people in the world. It's yep. Crazy. Yep. He got in the car wreck. My Greek week was canceled when I was in college, <laughs> yeah. my senior year. Um, a lot of, a lot of tragedy. 
the awareness, this awareness though, that awareness that gets you. Cause now if you could look down on your problems and just be like, my problems are nothing. Yeah. I can't, anytime you feel like shit, you just have that awareness to check into and it will check your perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to check yourself. Before you riggedy, riggedy wreck yourself. But that's the part of Don't what you were saying yourself. before about self-awareness. And like, is there, like yeah. that's what you got to do. It's all about, your, you got to put your, your perspective, you know? Yeah. Is self-awareness like the, the greatest human trait that you can have? It's very, very high. Very, Not a lot of people high. have it. Very, very high. It's yeah. very high. Like that's what feel is. That's, I was going to, I've been wanting to talk about this for like 20 episodes. Cause like you always talk about like having feel Yeah. since I, since as long as I've known you, Mm -hmm. like, you're like, that guy has no feel or like he has really good feel. Mm -hmm. And then like, I would think for, for weeks, like, what does he mean by feel? Like I was like I was like drawing like math, math equations on my window like like when they were creating when they were creating the Facebook algorithm like um, like the windows of Harvard like I was doing that in my bedroom and I'm like Stevenson I'm like windows. I think feel is like self awareness divided by like it, humility like humility <laughs> humility plus optimism plus like I don't know a bunch of shit yeah self awareness is so fucking self awareness is like yeah it's one of those things that most people just can't figure out. Yeah, man. And that's when people don't have any feel because they, they have no self. They don't know when they're acting out of pocket. Yeah. They don't know when like they're being X, Y, and Z. There's also like a crazy, there's, there's like an actually bigger view of this. I know. If you have this, if we have the awareness um, and the humility to say, hey, yeah, he has no feel, but like not judging them because like they don't even know. Like, it's it's one of those things where it's it's all the aware. It's so hard to teach someone to have self awareness, mm-hmm. and it can only happen through like experience and like teaching through experience. Like I've been able to curve some guys on our team, or like or at least aid yeah. in curving some guys' like awareness in some ways. I think we all can and all have, um, and it's doable. But it's not something you could just be like, "Yo, dude, your feel sucks." They'll be like, "What?" You know what I mean? Like. Cause they don't even know. I think some people do, some people don't, you know, I think some people make the choice to just, but like, really, they're not even, they're not realizing that they're like egos just driving the car and they're like, you know what I mean? Their ego, like the need to be right. The need to have a say, the need for people to care about my opinion, all mm-hmm. that shit. It comes from the ego. Yeah. And that's where really a lot of people's feel is off when they're trying to, you know what I mean? It's about knowing your lane, like feeling the room, feeling the room out, knowing your lane in the room, when to talk, when yeah. not to, mm-hmm. you know, like, when to ask something, when to not, you know, just all, all those things. You can always be like, turning the music's too loud. Turn it down because, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's like get the neighbors cut. Like, yeah, that's, that's like that's a, a version very of it. small, small version of it. But, but like, yes, forgetting to put it on. You know what I mean? It's just really like, like knowing the impression that you're leaving on everyone around you, which is hard. Yeah, because you're in your own body. It goes back to that same thing with like, are you able to judge yourself? Yeah, that's part of it being, for sure. Being yourself. Yeah, it really becomes, it's self-awareness. Yeah, self-awareness. Knowing, knowing yourself. like And knowing others too, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, they talk about this thing where it's like what the intuition is, right? Like it's a, it's a feeling, it's a natural sensation mm-hmm. your body gives off to your mind because they're working in cohesion. It's a natural sensation. So this little gut feeling, you know what I mean? That's your law of decision. You, you feel, it's, it's called conscious decision-making. Bring it into, the, everything's a decision. Am I going to wear this? Am I going to wear that? Am I going to say this? 
you, if there's things that you're not sure about, you let, try to dial in to your gut instinct and it's pretty hard to do, you know, but Deepak talks about it and it's just like, that is, that's your, your atlet, like your natural gift from your body to say, Hey, this is the right way for you, mm -hmm. you know? And to answer your question, yes, it's about the other people in the room, but your, your gut, like you got to be a little more in tune with your gut and not with every single, not let every single thought that comes through fucking fly. For sure. Because it's, again, you're not your thoughts either, you know, but like there is a natural sensation that your body naturally gives off if you're, if you're trying to understand, like if you have anxiety over a decision, that's where you got to like tune into your gut and like. So are you pretty much tying together self-awareness and intuition? Kind of, kind of, yeah. Bit. I'm only saying that there's a, your self-awareness is, is, uh, grows from being in tune with your intuition mm -hmm. and they are related. They're in the same family, you know, like. Wow. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Kind of crazy that uh, we started this conversation today about porn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we really did. We really did. Shit got real deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck, we're stuck in the house, man. You know, we're just, just, <laughs> yeah, just trying feel, to talk it out. What porn are you guys watching? All right, let's talk about life. <laughs> could be this is the YNK any, podcast. Like, think of um, any profession you have to have feel like when you're you're performing on stage, like depending on how big the audience, the audience is. Yeah. Like well, certain, do you feel off the room? Sure. You feel off the room. You but know what I mean? a huge range of feel. If you're DJing, like yeah. your, your parents, you're going to play different music you think they would like. Feel for That's the situation. Feel, yeah. yeah. Yep. But there's also a way different. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. It's pretty hard to articulate what feel is, but I think we did. It's so job. many different fucking it's, it's ways. It's very wide. Any, uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, no. Uh, what do we got? Any products that you'd like to push? Um, yeah. So we have, we're about to do a whole new run of things, but we just, it's not a time you want to be like dropping a bunch of merch and shit. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'm at least a little weary to that. How do, how do we do uh, money raising wise for the Bellini Cup? Great. Um, I don't want to give the exact number mm -hmm. because it's, it's not, not finalized. It's yet. not finalized yet, mm -hmm. but let's put it this way. We're going we're gonna to donate, uh, look, Los Angeles, like where we live, has a really bad homeless problem, one as of, is. One of the worst, yeah. And I, dude, I watched, I forget who it was, I think it was Russell Brand, he was, was talking about the homeless, or Jim Carrey or something. I saw it recently, and I was just thinking, I was like, because I was kind of on the fence about what I wanted to do with the money, exactly. But I was just, I can't imagine how lonely these people feel now, you know, like, yeah. and just left out to die, kind of like. Everyone's so worried about themselves because for for good reason, you know, like a lot of regular people just like, well, I, I need to figure out what the hell I'm going to do to get money. And, you know, so you have your own problems, but they're, they're really out there. No having no family during this time, mm -hmm. they clearly don't have a connect with their family because they're on the street. So I was just thinking like it'd be really fucking really dope to do this. So we're doing it with the L.A. Food Bank and we're going to be we're going to be donating 100,000 meals worth so like At that's gonna be over a, a month it's gonna be like two and a half months or something like that that we can be supplying all their meals from us playing beer pong and we're coming with an 18 wheeler of water from ph which is like the best water on the planet so like yep you know it's it's one of those law of giving things that happened organically but like i'm so excited i want to go like i want to just go and fucking be there and and help you know because it's just something i'm definitely super proud of and i was just talking about getting into charity 
Um, but this is just like an immediate thing. Like I want to do a foundation, but, and I've been talking about getting into charity and this just happened out of nowhere. So it's been very rewarding. I think this is going to be super rewarding for us. Yep. And, uh, it's not too late. If you still want to donate, uh, we're still accepting donations on our verified Bravo account, uh, which is at Belina cup. And that's the, uh, Bravo tipper pay app. And, um, by the time you're listening to this, there'll still be a little bit of time for you to donate. So feel free. Uh, all the Steve's coming together and donate a little money for the LA food bank. Yeah. It's going to be dope. It's going to be dope. Uh, there's no shame in watching porn in 4k. Oh, there's the also, Oh dude. Cool. Another thing to say is like, there's yep. a lot of Belina cups going on. Yep. Um, yep. They, even that like, bro, if, if you really are trying to get on the wave, which I think a lot of people who listen to this are, you know, mm-hmm. I get a lot of messages like, you guys do like a $50 buy-in and then go fucking donate a 300, you know, like go yep. do something with it. It'll just make everyone feel good and be a good mini version of what we did. You know, obviously if you can't, you can't, it's time, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a fucking hard time financially, but I don't know. Cool notion. I agree. Anyone can do it. You can do it. You can do it. All right. Well, that's just about, that's just about covers it. All right. All right. You ready? Over now. You ready? Yeah. 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 <laughs>